In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the win against Pescara, previewing the Derby d'Italia, the Coppa Italia match against Lazio, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marcheggiani e mette dentro 3-0. Andiamo il principe, entra in aria, è solo, il tiro, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol! Con Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo! E lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti! La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter! L'Inter vince! E Dillo, campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! I più forti siamo noi! Benvenuti, bentornati, it's a, and welcome to a, another episode of Studio Inter here on Semprinter.com and it's a jam-packed, exciting, positive show because there's a lot of good things happening uh, and uh, hel- helping me to set, start things off and to go glide on that positive vibe is my former, uh, my for- my former partner in crime when it came to be miserable. Mr. Mohamed Nassar, how are you? <laughs> I am very happy and uh, proud to say that I'm uh, reformed and miserable no more. Yeah, remember we were we were like we were like the old we were like as I used to say you and I were like the two uh, grumpy old yep. men from the Muppets. Remember, but now all of a sudden <laughs> I'm going through an existential crisis. What's up with all this happiness? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're also joined by our very own uh, Max Deluca, the King of the Frogs. How are you doing, Max? I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. D'Ambrosio is suddenly a serviceable fullback. Ranocchia is probably going <laughs> out on loan to England, and we've won seven in a row in Syria. Unbelievable. I, it's, isn't it, though? Like, it's just, I was just going to say, like, it's been amazing. I mean, it's, it, everything is going great. So, you know, Ranocchia, as you said, and so now definitely so what's going to happen is they were going to lose, like, by 10 nothing to Juventus or something on Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> You know what? If, if it means that Ranocchia goes and not just alone, alone with an obligation, I'll take a loss to Juve, man. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's it's a dry loan. It's not a it's not a it's not a it's not an option or an obligation yeah. or anything. It's a dry loan. But hey, <laughs> I'll take it. My timeline when when I tweeted that out. Oh my God! You should see. It. Oh, it's people. People want to see him go. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Oh, bastard, really. Uh, yeah, it is. He's a nice guy. He's actually really, really friendly. It's just that he's not good at football, which is kind of, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a bad thing when your job is to be a football player. But, um, <laughs> right, let's get to it. Um, Pescara game, uh, seven win in a row. D'Ambrosio did really well. Uh, Gabigol came on and had, had his first shot on goal and equalized uh, against uh, Donnarumma in terms of who's had the most shots on goal in the Serie A <laughs> this season. So, uh, all-around smiles. Uh, Icardi didn't get a goal, but we all, uh, we all got it right, didn't we? We said 3-0. Didn't we all say 3-0? I remember I said it, I, I think you said it as well, Max. 
We absolutely did. We we just wanted to see them uh, jump on Pescara from the get-go, um, get a first-half lead, and mission accomplished in that sense. I thought uh, we were great. We were everywhere. That's one of the, the best uh, performances I've seen uh, from our club in a long, long time. And, uh, I mean, hey, we're firing all cylinders going into to Juventus Sunday. And uh, we played like a team that was 33 points ahead of Pescara in the standings. Um, we took care of business, and we won 3 nothing just, just as we all predicted. So, yeah, like I said, mission accomplished. Nice one. Yeah, and I think uh, more importantly, it was like maximum uh, output with minimum uh, effort. You know, it's like we said again, uh, clinical, uh, efficient, professional, and just uh, no doubt from the from the very beginning. I completely agree on. Yeah, basically a win without any drama, and that's exactly what we yeah. saw. But. Uh, we did, however, there was a little bit of a heart attack mode there when they scored the first goal. However, it was very clearly offside. But again, with the Handanovic and the, <laughs> the rebounds straight out, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to be negative, but it's, it, I, I'm a bit worried. You go against Juve, you don't want to have a goalkeeper that, that, that doesn't seem focused. What do you think, Mo? Look, uh, we, we, I mean, uh, back in the, the, the dark period of uh, the season, uh, right before De Bourg got, fi- uh, got sacked, we had spoken about Handanovic, and there was a bit of, like, we, we, we articulated uh, our complaints about him. I, there, there's no doubt that there's a lot of question marks about Handanovic's uh, ability to become a top, top-class goalkeeper if Inter and Suning uh, take this project further. But I think for the time being... I think he's doing a, a, a stand-up job, like a sufficient, adequate job. And I don't think, like coming into the Juve game, I don't think that Handanovic, barring those crazy shots that come across him and he doesn't move and he's frozen like a, a deer in headlights, I think I think will be okay, I think. Well, I mean, apart from that, Gabi Gol came on as well and he had a shot on goal and he every time he touched the ball, the San Siro was, was was like a carnival in Rio. They were they were so excited, <laughs> <laughs> and and he got a shot on goal. And I mean, I, I tweeted out that if he had scored there, maybe the, maybe the San Siro would have flown off flown off into space. Um, yeah. But I gotta say, I was really happy with what I saw from Gabigol. I I really he's looking like he's adapting more and more to Italian football. He tracked back quite a bit. He seemed to be more tactically disciplined. There are reports coming from Gazetta that there's a great feeling between Pioli and Gabigol. Jean Mario went out and said that he's like a Gabigol is like a brother to me because when he scored the goal against Palermo, he was um, he had celebrated a lot. I'm 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 really happy about I'm feeling good about the fact even though he's not playing as much uh, I'm feeling that he's accepted that this year is just a you know just a learning curve and then a yeah. full preseason and then we go on into next season. What do you think, Max? Do you agree with that? Assessment? Yeah, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that, Nima. And we're in a nice position where Inter doesn't have to rely solely on uh, Gabi Gol. Um, due to the play of Icardi and uh, Perisic, so we don't have to throw him into the fire. Um, like you said, we can take our time with them. I know the fans are getting a little frustrated because when you pay that much money for, for a Brazilian striker, you, you want to see him right away. But I think Pioli and, and the management are being really smart with Gabi Gol. And these substitutions, uh, these appearances, these 10, 15, 20-minute cameos, uh, I think uh, that's just going to benefit him down the road. We don't need him to be a superstar. A goal or two would be nice, but uh, yeah, we don't need him to to come in and uh, and, and score five ten goals this year. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely agree. Uh, and, and also, you commented about the interview uh, post-match. I think one of the best things to come out of this Tuscara game is all these interviews, like Pioli's interview and uh, that famous soundbite that uh, got picked up by everyone is like, Inter haven't peaked yet. It's such a badass thing to say after a game, like seventh win in a row, 3-0, clean sheets, you're going into Lazio and Juve, and then he comes out and he says, man, we haven't even peaked yet. You know, it's what a time to be alive, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, what, did you, what, what do you guys think of uh, Eater coming off the bench? I, uh, I really like that role for him. He's been amazing, yeah. hasn't he? I, I've, I've been trying not to talk uh, about uh, Eder's positive performances just because how, of how much I dislike him. But you can't like you can't fault this guy. Ever since Pioli came on, he he goes in, does his job, and does it really well. Full of running, playing for the team, finds space. You know, fantastic. He can be our super sub. I think. I, like I said, I really like him in that role, and I'm uh, crossing my fingers. I hope that continues. Like you said, Mo, he gives us a lot of energy. Um, this is not a backhanded compliment, but he, he his probably his best trait is winning free kicks. Next time yeah. you see him play, just focus on that. He always wins free kicks in and around the box. He doesn't dive per se, but he he just knows how to win a free kick. So yeah, he co- he covers the ball really well and forces the defenders to foul him, which I think is really yeah. It's like a lot a lot of a lot of players have that ability, especially, and he's really really good at that. I agree. Um, I think his. Uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with what he does because I've I've always I've never been like his hugest his biggest fan, but what I do like about him is his movement on the pitch. I think he's always had intelligent movement on the pitch, and 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 when he comes on as a sub and and the the, the and kind of breaks the pattern of the of the play by his great movement and intelligence, then he gets into those great goal scoring chances, and that's why I think he scored so many uh, when coming on from the bench. Yeah, he's kind of like the anti-Jovetic, you know, when like uh, when they would uh, uh, toss uh, Jovetic in and, and then all he'd do is uh, try and hog the ball and go for the crazy shot or something. He does the complete opposite. He's full of running off the ball. He, tr- he, tr- he tries to make space for Ricardi. He tries to find space for himself, like he say, draw it, uh, make, uh, make the defenders make mistakes. No, no, really good stuff. Very, very interesting. Right. Well, um, if we go, who do you, uh, who do you guys think uh, Semprinta.com readers voted uh, uh, as the man of the match? Uh, you want to go? You want to go, Max? First guess. I uh, my man of the match is D'Ambrosio, but I think the Semprinta readers went with uh, João Mario. Who do you think, Mohamed? Yeah, I know. Uh, I, he was my man of the match as well, João Mario. I think uh, this was one of those games that. Uh, he did. He did a stand-up job. I mean, D'Ambrosio, fantastic as well. Really good stuff. But I think George Mario bossed bossed the game. Ninety minutes. Um, they are forty-seven point eight percent of our readers agreed with you, and I agree with them as well. I thought John Mario was absolutely fantastic. Uh, D'Ambrosio came in second place, twelve uh, percent, uh, and Brozovic was in third in ten percent. So it was a blowout win for Joao Mario. Um, I, 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 I cannot stop talking about Joao Mario. He's so <laughs> damn good. I mean, what a player. The only thing he needs to improve, in my opinion, I mean, just think about it. When this guy improves on his finishing, what, what have we bought? What have we got? He's world class. Everything he does is, is so damn good. And he just, 
and he he was having a really and this was a good game for him he was given a lot of space and i thought he was fantastic and uh, so mature and composed on the ball like he's just such a cool cat you know cool as a cucumber really yeah, absolutely really really is really is <laughs> Right. Um, before uh, now, this was our seventh win in a row, um, as we've said in the Serie A, as we've as uh, <laughs> Pioli so beautifully jinxed, uh, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even peaked, man. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too, but yeah, I, I just ignored. I, I just pretended I didn't hear that when he said that. I, I, but I don't think he meant it like that. You know what I mean? I think he was more saying yeah, that, yeah. that this isn't his team. Like he hasn't got the team playing the way he wants it to play, and it's been so many matches. I think that's what he meant. But you know how the media are. They, if you give them that kind of quote, they're just going to build it up as if as, as this thing. Um, right, well, now we, now we play Lazio, and Ranocchia is not part of the squad that's called up, and he's on his way to the northeast of England, to Hull. Um, <laughs> have, 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 has any of you ever been to Hull? It, it seems oh, like no. a banishment he deserves. <laughs> <laughs> there was a book, when, I was, when I was studying in the UK, um, there was a book that came out, uh, in two different editions. Uh, the first edition, uh, it, it was called Britain's Hundred, Hundred Worst Shitholes. And number, <laughs> number one on that list was Hull. <laughs> uh. So I don't, I mean, I know that your life is always rosy when you have money, they say, but I don't think he's going to enjoy himself that much in the northeast of England in a place that's been named several, t- I mean, as the, as the worst shithole in the entire UK. Um, but he's going there to play. Uh, it's a dry loan, meaning there's no option to buy, no obligation to buy, no nothing. So we, we don't have to pay his uh, salary for at least six months. And I think that's what kind of, a gay, gay, that's why Inter accepted for him to go there uh, without having any obligation or any option or anything because they they will take the entire uh, his entire uh, loan um, sorry his entire yeah his, his entire wage cost there um, but yeah we're playing Lazio but but we're playing Lazio and this is on the week it's on deadline day it's on the week where we play Juventus. I'm a really I'm a bit pissed off about that because the Juventus game is the most important game and to play Lazio where Pioli and Inter have already said that you know we need to start winning trophies to build that mental you know to build that winning cycle again I don't I'm I'm scared that we cuz I think if we play 100 if we, if it's another Bologna where we play 120 minutes I you know I I think we're going to it's going to it's going to come back and bite us in the ass on Sunday night what do you think Mo yeah, I mean, for sure, the worst case is uh, like uh, the worst case scenario would be having to play 120 minutes uh, in this game, and you know, a couple of uh, important players pick up injuries or something. So, God forbid, this doesn't happen. Best case scenario, 90 minutes, uh, just like the game in the league, three nil, two nil, whatever, easy. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 difficult to it's difficult to judge, you know, because because Lazio Lazio are. Also have uh, you know uh, the, the their match over the week weekend as well. Uh, they go uh, they play against Pescara on the Sunday. 
So I don't. It's a far easier game than ours, but it's still no walk in the park. I, honestly, I don't know. It's it's not an ideal situation, um, but I think the squad is big enough right, right now, especially in those critical midfield positions and in the back for for Pioli to affect some form of rotation. We've seen the team play well without uh, Kondogbia for a couple of games now, but Banega hasn't stepped uh, on the pitch. Uh, Murillo's uh, off his knock, and Medel did really, really well in the, over the weekend. Andreoli hasn't seen hasn't seen the pitch, so I think we're in a good place right now. You know, uh, Ansaldi can 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 stay on the bench against Lazio and put <laughs> stick Nagatomo back in or uh, put someone in. Oh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I like as long as we don't we don't go the full the full 120 minutes. I don't mind whatever happens against Lazio. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Like, but at the same time, I'm I'm a little bit worried. What about you, Max? Are you are you a little bit worried that this could go all the way? Usually, I'm a little bit of a worry wart, but uh, with no European football and four days in between the Lazio and uh, Juventus clash, I think we're going to be all right here. I understand the yeah. concern and see where you guys are coming from, but uh, yeah, as long as this doesn't go in another 120 minutes and we don't get two or three injuries out obviously be the worst case scenario but I think uh, Pioli said that uh, Kondogbia and Benag are going to start in midfield so as long, I, I think we're going to be all right I don't the result doesn't matter as much to me as coming out uh, unscathed and, and just a 90 yeah. minute game huh? yeah yeah for me the most important thing is that Roberto Gagliardini is rested until Sunday because he's been playing constantly exactly. you know <laughs> I mean he's been playing constantly since we signed him and and think, and clocking the most uh, the most meters run every game he's played. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, he's it's young. Insane. It's insane, yeah. but I mean, that's bound to it's bound to come up, you know, to get, to catch up with him at some point. So I just hope that he's rested. I really do. I mean, Banega, sure, Condogbia. I mean, it depends on what he's thinking of doing against Juventus. But I just hope that Gallardini is rested. Yeah. I think he will be. Yeah, I, I I can't see him playing uh, in the Lazio game. Yeah, and Icardi will probably be be rested as well. I'd love to see Palacio, Pinamonti, and Eder play up front, and then just you know <laughs> just rest Perisic, Candreva, and uh, Icardi for this game. What right? Uh, what about prediction? If we just predict pretty quickly before moving on, Mo, what do you think? What 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 do you think? Do you think we'll win? Who'll score? In uh, in purely, I trust. I think we win. Uh, we're talking about the Lazio game, not the Juve game, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I yeah. yeah, so I, I definitely think uh, I, I definitely think we're going to win. I'm I'm not seeing it go beyond ninety minutes. And um, again, I'd like to think that uh, Candreva at some point in time, if not if not straight from the from the starting lineup, at some point in time makes uh, his appearance and gets a goal against his former team. So, so yeah, no, I think a, a, a one nil or a two one, like a, one, a single goal uh, margin, uh, Inter win. Hmm. What, what about you, Max? Well, I think Carrizo is going to get the, the nod between the posts there, so we're going to concede for sure. But I think we're going to win two one. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. God, he's awful. He's, he's so crap. Yeah, I I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think we're going to lose. Uh, I think we're going to win maybe. We're going to win by two goals to one. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on the 2-1. We're definitely going to concede. It's Carrizo and goal for crying out loud. 
And then, uh, <laughs> and now it's uh, now Ranocchio's gone. So Andreoli's probably going to play. He's probably going to even be the captain. <laughs> right. But let's oh. move on to the Derby d'Italia. Uh, and joining us to discuss that is the founder of Italian Football TV, Mr. Marco Messina. How are you, Marco? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Nima? Thank you for having us on. I'm good. I'm good. I'm. I'm really. I'm. I'm thank you. I'm really happy to, that you came on as well. But I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on the Juventus game uh, going into it. Inter Juventus. Now everybody knows you got Italian football TV. You guys do an excellent job there. But you're you're a Juve fan as well, aren't you? I am. I am. <laughs> so, so I like winning, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You like cheating? Is that what you're saying? Ah, uh, no, no, never, never. <laughs> no. But what about? Uh, I mean, the, the Inter last. I mean, when Inter, uh, when you guys lost to Inter uh, away uh, in the uh, when during uh, in the beginning of the season, the Boer, yeah. which was the pretty much the only good game the Boer had as as in charge of Inter. Uh, no one expected uh, Inter to perform that well as they did against Juventus, and they completely blew Juventus off the pitch. What are you expecting going into this game? Well, first of all, I completely agree with you that Inter outplayed Juventus. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I think that now we're going into a match where Inter is on a high. They're getting back to playing great, um, and so is Juve. You know, they're the two big teams that won this weekend. You know, Milan fell off, Roma, Napoli not picking up great results. So I think it does make this Derby Italia even better. Uh, but you know that Juventus are home. And I think that that home field advantage uh, really gives Juventus a lot, a lot of extra. Um, I'm interested to see if he does go with that uh, four-man formation, you know, that top four, which has been working brilliantly. But it's also been against some smaller sides. They did play against Lazio with it, but Lazio didn't come out and play. So definitely, definitely excited to see what they got. Okay, I'll hand you over to Max. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, Marco. Ciao, by the way. How are you? Ciao, ciao, Max. Um, the four-two-three-one formation that uh, Allegri has pulled out the last couple weeks. Do you expect uh, Allegri to pull that out against uh, Inter on Sunday? Or how do you think you guys are going to line up? I think that um, Allegri, he's changed the formation a lot, or, or around a lot. And um, I believe it was Iguain after the game. You know, they said, wow, this four-two-three-one doing well, you know, Allegri's a genius, and Iguain said, it's not the 4-2-3-1, it's the attitude that we're showing, and I definitely agree that the attitude has been the major change for Juventus, because if you saw the game against Genoa, where Juventus got killed by Genoa at their home, I mean, they did not want to play the match at all. You play 3-5-2, you play 4-3-3, you play 4-2-3-1, whatever formation you want, if you don't have the right attitude going into it, you're not going to win the match, and I think that I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. No, I don't know what's going on in Allegri's head. I don't know if he's going to use a 4-2-3-1 against Inter. My guess is that he does go with it just because he's been preparing that way. Um, but I'm interested to see. I hope, I personally hope he goes with that 4-2-3-1. It is more offensive, but I also think the balance that it brings to the team is worth it. And I, I think it's the way to go. That's interesting. Uh, Mohamed? Yeah, a question for you. Um... So you're Pioli, uh, Marco. First of all, ciao, Marco. Uh, ciao, ciao. If you're, if you're Pioli, uh, how would you set up your Inter to beat uh, the Juventus? Like what game plan, what, what formation? What do you think is the key to, to, to getting out on top against, uh, against you guys at the J Stadium? I, I like this question. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's making me <laughs> think about our team. Um, I think that Mario Mandzukic has absolutely been one of the key players to our season, especially recently. I mean, he is like a hungry lion that hasn't eaten in weeks. 
That's the way he's been playing. Um, you know, he was he, everyone thought maybe he's going to leave in the summer uh, because, you know, they signed Dwayne, they did all this. But him in that left wing back, that left wing position uh, has been amazing. And he's even tracking back defensively. And if you've watched Juventus, a lot of their plays are coming from Mandzukic. But then they also have Cuadrado on the right side who brings a, a diverse skill set. You know, he could beat his man. He's very fast. He puts in crosses. Um, I think that our midfield has been a weakness, you know, for sure. For sure, the corner kicks have been one of the worst things that Juventus have been at conceding. They've been conceding so many corner kicks. So I could really see if Inter want to score, they better try hard on the corner kicks. Um, and I think that Inter need to play their game. I mean, uh, they know that Juventus are a beatable team. Juventus have been beaten by Milan twice. They've been beaten by Genoa. They've been beaten by Inter. Um, and I think they're human. They make mistakes. And Inter need to play their own game. And, and Juve will play their game too. And, and also... Watch out for a lot of key players because if you just watch um, Mandzukic, then there's Dybala. If you just watch Dybala, then there's Cuadrado. You know, so there's a lot of danger from a lot of aspects. So I think it's uh, it's better if Inter focus on their own game. Interesting. I was, uh, yeah, I was just gonna ask, who do you think is the most? Who do you think is the Juventus key player uh, that ha- what has like that has to have a good day in order for Juventus to be able to fire on all cylinders? I don't think it's one player. I think uh, I think it's it, it sounds cliche, but it really is the attitude of the team. Because I've seen uh, Juventus that want to win, they're hungry, they're pressing the opposition, and then I've also seen a Juventus who absolutely do not care and play a football that is so poor. So it's which Juventus is gonna come out? Because we've seen both sides of the spectrum from them. Uh, recently, they've been doing better. Um, so I'm not sure if there's a key player because. I was trying to think of someone, but then I think of someone else. You know, Dybala has definitely been creative. Um, you know, he had that whole handshake situation uh, with Allegri. By the way, that video is like, we, we posted the video of it, and it's like gone viral on our channel. It's like number, fun, uh, number four worldwide on YouTube. Um, so it's pretty funny to see what's going to happen if he's going to play Dybala. I have a feeling he will if you listen to some of the newspapers today. Um, so I think that it really is which Juventus is going to come out. And I think we'll be able to tell within the first 15 minutes because they have been scoring a lot of goals in the beginning of the match. So after the first 15 minutes, we'll be able to tell. I wanted to speak, touch, I'm glad you brought it up. I wanted to talk to you about that whole uh, Dybala situation. Um, yeah. what, what happened there? Can you explain a little bit more? So uh, Dybala was subbed off. Um, he wasn't happy. I think he was subbed off for Piazza. And um, he wasn't happy with Allegri. He wanted to play a little bit more. And he shook, I think it was Piazza's hand, and then he, Allegri went in for a handshake and he moved away. And he did it in a very extremely childish way. Um, and this is Dybala. You know, he is, he's young and he's 23 and he's going to get frustrated. But that's not what you do at a team like Juventus. And that's not the way that you can handle things. It's the wrong way. Um, and the, the big surprising thing is you would never expect it to come from Dybala. I mean, he's such a kid that's got his... His eyes on the on the right path, you know. Like he he's never been one to do any of these things. Um, you know, he sits in and plays like Legos with his girlfriend on the weekends and stuff. You know, like if you see like his Snapchat and stuff. Uh, and I think that it, it was very strange. Um, it's not acceptable. And I think that he's learned his lesson. I think Gazetta said that he apologized to the entire team uh, in the lineup right after it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Did he apologize to the team? Has he been disciplined for it? Like, what have you what have Juventus said about this thing? I, I don't know any insights, but uh, I'm going to tell you what I read in the papers. Uh, they say, Gazette say that um, right after the match, he went into the locker room and he spoke to Allegri and he apologized to everyone, uh, saying that he knew that he couldn't handle, like, handle it like this. And I think a lot of times in the past, 
They've given fines for stuff like this. I think in football that's what they do. Uh, but they guys have to say that he's not going to get a fine. Hmm, fair enough. Speaking yeah. of um, speaking of, you said Juventus are being uh, awful at defending corners. Uh, yeah. Inter are the number one uh, are, are leading the Serie A charts of crosses. Two hundred and fifty-three uh, uh, completed crosses so far in the Serie A. How many from Candreva? <laughs> 250 <laughs> 250 <laughs> no but these no, no these are the ones that have that have been completed meaning that they've gone yeah, to yeah, the right yeah. person uh, the misplaced we're leading that as well 174 misplaced crosses Candreva uh, there we go yeah there you go there's <laughs> Candreva <laughs> no but so I think that you're absolutely right about that because uh, the, maybe maybe it's got to do also with the fact that Barzali is getting on a bit Chiellini has been, you know, has been injured, has been a little bit inconsistent. Not that their defense has been poor, but maybe that the, the, the tradition, like everyone's like, we're getting ready to go through maybe a little bit of a generation change in the central defense. Do you, do you, yeah. How do you, th- how do you think about that? What do you think about that? Um, I mean, there's been that big talk. I mean, if you're a Juventus fan or a Serie A fan have been listening to what everyone's saying, you know, they're criticizing, saying that Juventus are not doing the 3-5-2 anymore, that three-man defense. Uh, the BBBC, Barzai, Bonucci, Chiellini, and then Buffon, um, I mean, it, they're one of the best, if not the best, defensive pairing the past few years. Um, and it, they struggled this year. There's no doubt about it. Barzai is still injured. You know, he had that shoulder problem. And Rugani's been playing a little bit more. And they've moved to that four-man defense uh, where you see sometimes Dani Alves and Alexandro on the wings, and then Chiellini and Bonucci in the middle. And I think, honestly, I don't know what the problem is, to, to tell you the truth. Uh, I don't know if maybe they stayed at such... They knew each other so well, Barzai, Bonucci, Chiellini, for so many years, and now we've brought other guys into the mix, and it hasn't been there, or what it is, but it hasn't really worked defensively. And actually, it was a stat. I don't remember from which newspaper today. I tweeted it out. Uh, Juventus, over the past five years, their goals scored have been very close to Napoli and been very close to the other second and third place teams, but their goals conceded is 100 less than what Napoli, the second highest has. So it shows you how strong the Juventus defense has been, and they've absolutely been crucial in Juventus winning the the title the past five years. Hmm. That's that's great. But before we let you go, uh, are you a scaramancia? Are you afraid of uh, making a prediction? Or do you you think you can can give us a feeling of how you think the game's going to go on Sunday? You know, sometimes I am. Uh, I'm a little bit superstitious. You know, I take that Italian side of me. But um, uh, I, <laughs> it's a tough one to say. I think that I think that Juventus are going to win. I think that it could be a tie, and I think it's going to be a great game. But I think maybe like a two-one Juventus taking it late on. Maybe it goes one-one at first, and then we'll okay, see. So, so uh, a non-existent penalty in the 91st minute for Dybala, then, yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, we shouldn't really talk about that because Icardi, seven goals against Juventus in the Serie A. Buffon is the goalkeeper he scored the most against in the Serie A. That's insane. An absolute killer against Juventus. Even for Sampdoria, who was scoring against Juventus. Yeah, he scored two goals, his first two goals uh, in the Serie A, I think, actually, against uh, away with one man down for Sampdoria, turning a 1-0 deficit to a 2-1 win. Uh, so if if people want to follow you guys, what's I mean we we started a nego- we started a little like a partnership between Semprinta and uh, Italian Football TV, but um uh, you wanna you wanna say what what else you got you guys got going on? 
Yeah, thank you, Nima, and we, we love our uh, our partnership with Tempe Inter. It's awesome. You know, my 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 co-host Michael and I, you know, we're running this. It's uh, we have a YouTube channel, Tankable TV, and a series of social media accounts, and we're just trying to make you know content for Serie A fans that speak English. You know, I'm a Juventus fan. Michael is a is a general fan. Um, and you know we're we're very unbiased, and we're just trying to make a community, a place for people to go. If if you love, uh, I think we lost Marco there. <laughs> we're, we're trying to do some big things. There's some fun content coming, and uh, we're just going to keep going at it. Oh, great, great! You, you came back. You cut out a bit, but then you came back. But well, great. Well, I can I can really strongly uh, recommend everyone to follow you guys on all social media because I think what you guys you do, the work you guys do is amazing. You're great ambassadors for Calcio. Uh, and uh, say hi to Mikey and uh, buona partita. Thank you, thank you. Good luck, guys. Enjoy the match. Thanks. Ciao. Thanks, Marco. Ciao. 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 Okay. So um, before we predict, um, before we predict, uh, before we predict uh, the the match against Juve um, uh, uh, on Sunday, I thought we'd we'd uh, three of us share our favorite uh, Juventus games uh, that we remember. Uh, remember, it's Juventus Inter, so it can't be Inter as a home team. Uh, you want to go first, Max? Oh, it has to be away. Yeah, it has to be Juventus Inter. Oh, okay, because I was going to say my cons goal stands out of my memory there. But, uh, oh, this is a tough one. Um, how about a couple of years ago when we broke their uh, Syria home winning streak? Um, <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. And uh, hopefully we're about to do it again in, on Sunday. So That was, that was a really good one because that was the first time they lost at home at the new Juventus Stadium in the Serie A. And, yeah, their uh, first... First loss at Castle Grayskull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and and also it was kind of a it was kind of the peak, wasn't it? Because that was the beginning of the end for Stramaccioni, because everything went completely shit shaped after that. Um, what about you, Mohamed? Uh, what, what's your favorite memory of a away against Juventus? I, I'm trying to remember the exact game. Uh, I think it was also a three-one, but it was Julio Cruz. Mm, Julio Cruz, yeah, the free kick. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I can't. Killer. Yeah, he was, he was, because I, I was so, so depressed when he came on. He was so, I loved Crespo so much, so much love for Crespo. And then when we brought Cruz, and he was so uh, uncharismatic compared to Arnon. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, and then, indeed. <laughs> and then that that game came, and and he really like ever since then, I I was in love. For me, it's got to be Balotelli's debut away when he scored two <laughs> goals. I mean, seventeen-year-old Balotelli comes on, plays from the start, and scores two goals away against Juventus, and just killed it. It was amazing. Uh, that, that for me, because that was that was such a breakthrough. He was so damn good. Uh, so that, 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 that's got to be it for me. But uh, if we look forward to this weekend, uh, do, are you guys also superstitious, or do you, do you guys think you can uh, you dare to make a prediction, Mohamed? No, I can dare. I I I, I don't believe in superstitions. Uh, when you're old and bitter like me, then uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? You know. <laughs> no, I, look, I, I'll tell you what. What I really hope for is is two things. I mean, uh, again, going back to uh, Pioli's post-match interview, again, another beautiful 
soundbite off of that when they asked him, would you, would you sign in for a draw against Juve? He said, I won't sign in for anything. All I'll sign in for is for an inter-performance, you know, uh, uh, a proper performance from, that we're all proud of. And I definitely want that. And I also really hope that whoever wins, and if it, if it just so happens to be the, the, the kingdom of evil, the do, I hope that they don't win by uh, referee interference, you know. That's, that's, that, that for me would really like leave a very, very bad taste in my mouth. Like you just, like you said, a 91st minute Dybala penalty or something awful like that. That's, I, I don't want to see that. If we lose, we put in a good performance and they just have to be better than us on the day. Fair enough. But that's, that's what I hope for a good performance. And, and I don't see us losing. Mm. Uh, so who do you think will score? <sighs> it's got to be Icardi. It's got to be Icardi. I, I, I've said it, like, I feel like I'm jinxing the poor guy. I've, I've said that it's Icardi the last three times and he hasn't been on the score sheet. But he's, he's, he's going to find the back end at some, at some point in time. And no better, no better stage than this. I mean, he, he had a blowout game, an amazing game against Pescara, with the exception of finding the goal. But, I mean, he was fantastic then. But I think scoring against Juve is just, yeah. That's his it. thing. That's his thing. Yeah. So what about you, Max? Well, Icardi's been saving all his goals to, to score against Juve. He's uh, seven <laughs> goals in, in eight games against Juve. He's the, he's the Juve killer. So, I mean, it's hard not. It's hard to. It's hard to bet against Pioli's men right now. Um, Inter on top of their game, seven in a row in Syria. And we're about to board the Death Star in enemy territory. We're about to find <laughs> out what we're all about here. Like yeah, a win yeah. here, then then we can start to really dream about the Champions League. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I think if for me, uh, building on what you said there, Mohamed, I hate it when the referees decide games. It just pisses me off. So I really don't want to see that. But exactly, I was I was thinking about it before we started recording that if Inter can go in there and perform, give give a good good performance against Juventus. And come away with a point or or a win, then then we can then we know that this is where the real deal because then then it goes to show that there's so much talent in this team and so much talent in this squad that we can really begin to dream and talk about being a top three team. And I think that yeah. mentally is the most important thing for me more than maybe the result because I mean I remember with when Mancini had just taken over and we we had Podolski who assisted Icardi for one one. I mean, sure, I'll take the result against Juve any day of the week, but it wasn't exactly a good performance. Now no. I think we're mentally in a different place. I want to see Inter go out. I want to see Inter play like a big team. I want Inter go and show that we are a top three team. This this poor season thing, start to the season thing, that's behind us. That was just bullshit. Now it's all clicked. We're we're one of the top teams, and next season we're going to be contending for to win the Serie A. You know, I want them to have that mentality. And and if they go out there and and perform the way that they've been doing and dominate, you know, from the start, being a like psychologically being like on top of Juve, I think that will cause Juve a lot of problems because Juve are not used to being bullied, especially not at home. So, yeah. um, I, but I I think we'll we'll still see a one-all draw. I see Cardi scoring the first one, and I see Dybala Higuain equalizing in mid-second half, and it'll end in a one-one draw. Uh, Maxi, what do you did? Are you do you do you dare to predict the results or? My 
my heart says Inter's going to win, but my head says uh, a draw. And I'll be over the moon with a draw. I think a point, uh, a point uh, in Torino. Um, we have Roma in a couple weeks after that. I think uh, just just to go back to what you said, Nima, I agree with every word you said. Um, I think with a team um, as fragile that has a fragile psyche like Inter used to have, like in previous years we'd go into Juventus game and our players would would kind of wilt under the pressure. Now we have winners like Juan Mario, Gagliardini. We've talked about Acardi's track record against Juventus. Perisic scored against Juventus earlier in the year. We have guys that aren't afraid of the of the bright lights. We have guys that can perform in the biggest games of the year. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm not going to be able to sleep the night before. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I think we'll, uh, we we can say that the days from when our attack consisted of Belfodil. Belfodil. I just love that name. I just love that name. Isaac Belfodil. Plays for Everton now, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, um, right. Well, um, if we uh, briefly, if we move on to uh, the part of the show where we pay tribute as well as rip the piss out of and, and laugh at. Uh, something that has happened in the world of football. Let's start with my favorite part of the week, uh, the frog of the week with Mr. Max Luca. Well, we're going to go to the Turkish first league for uh, the frog of the week. Um, <laughs> well, it's not yeah, that. Yeah. You're Turkish amazing. First. No, I just the love Turkish it. I just first. love it. I just love the fact that you've got, I mean, oh, this is amazing. Go, sorry, sorry. Go, go, go. Um, it, it's like the lower leagues in Turkey, but not that low. Like the top two teams get promoted to the Super League, so it's it's not it, it's very competitive um, football. Uh, I'm gonna mess up the name though. Um, it's Giazantep Buyuksir, the goalie. Um, one of the defenders conceded a penalty shot. So the goalie from uh, the team I just <laughs> I just <laughs> named that, and I'm not gonna name again. Made a beautiful diving save on, on the penalty shot. So you know how sometimes when a uh, keeper makes a, a save on a penalty shot, like some uh, his defenders go pat him on the butt or give him a congratulations and stuff um, of that nature. Well, this time uh, one of the defenders. I'm not sure if he's the one that conceded the penalty or not. Um, it, the video doesn't show what happened before. But uh, after the keeper saves the penalty, he goes. And jumps on the goalkeeper. So the, the the goalkeeper has two options at this point. He can hug the defender that just jumped at him, or he can just stand still and get bowled over. Right. So it's not not great options for the keeper. So he decides to to hug the defender. So as he does that, the ball squirts free and then goes in the net as an own goal. So yeah. <laughs> It's it's a bizarre own goal. My explanation didn't do it justice. I'm gonna tweet it out right after uh, we're done here, and uh, yeah, I you have to watch it. I just pulled the video up uh, on, on YouTube now. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever seen, man. This is so funny. I don't know where the hell yeah. you find this stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, I tried to explain on the but yeah. Um, um, I thought I had a so, good. I thought I found weird, funny shit on the internet, Max. But I don't know. I don't hold the candle to you. That's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think as a little. I think maybe as a contender for for next week's frog of the week might be the mighty frog himself. Because have you seen? <laughs> have you seen how City's fixture list <laughs> for the next? Oh, I think games? you tweeted that out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! It's absolutely brilliant. It's first, it's, it's Man United, then it's Liverpool, then it's Chelsea, I think. <laughs> it's like, these are the Poor three guy. games that he, he's, gonna make his, he's making his debut against the three. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah. No, sorry, sorry. It's Man United away at Old Trafford, it's mm-hmm. Liverpool at home, and Arsenal away. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I think for the next I think for the next three weeks it's gonna be you know, Nokia's gonna be the frog of the week. <laughs> so be, be sure to check that out. Um yeah, uh let's move on to uh the uh, positive side of things uh from uh, this week's Murati with Mr. Mohammed Nasser. Oh my god, he is beautiful! He is beautiful, yeah! Yeah, my Marathi this week has got to be Mr. Roger Federer. Uh, Mr. 18 Grand Slams, an amazing final at the Australian Open against uh, his, uh, I mean, one of his, his arch nemeses, uh, Rafa Nadal. An incredible game, an incredible match. Five sets, down to the wire, gets his serve broken in the first, first game and then goes back to break uh, Nadal's serve twice. And then, Again, like picking up on, on, on post-match interviews, his, his quote to say, like, uh, I, I'll paraphrase, but basically, in tennis, there's, uh, there are no draws, but if there had been, I would gladly share this uh, trophy with Rafa. Just a class, class act, and at his age, to be performing at the highest level after so many years. And, you know, the term legend and, and greatest of all time, whatever gets bandied about in many sports quite loosely these days, but I think when 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 made in reference to Roger Federer, I think he's like honestly um, a superstar both on and off the field or on and off the pitch. So um, the court. <laughs> yeah, so hats right. off, to Roger, and uh, congratulations, and uh, you know, really um, much respect. Hmm. I agree. Well said. Well said. Well said. I've got a. I've got a little. Um, in second place for Morati of the Week is actually the Semprinta.com crew who we've beat our record of a number of, uh, our, in our, when it comes to our coverage, in terms of articles that we've written in one month. With one day left to spare in January, we've published over a thousand articles, including your guys and, you know, the editorials. You guys write the post-match uh, edit, uh, articles, the ratings, the everything we do. And it's been over, we've published over a thousand articles in less than 30 days, and I think that's amazing. So shout out to everyone involved uh, with Semper Inter writing. Absolutely, man. Huge. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> so uh, l- let's move on to the negative side uh, of, uh, of life, the dark side, if you will. Uh, this week's uh, Moji, which I'll be presenting myself. This week's Moji uh, for me is not is a no-brainer. 
uh, he's orange, he's a racist, he's insane, his name is Donald Trump, and he happens to have the nuclear codes. And he thinks that people should be banned from entering the United States, or whether or not they're already living in the United States, they shouldn't be allowed into the country if they leave, because they come from a so-called Muslim country, or <clears throat> a country where... Uh, that, that, that he thinks is a terrorist threat. It's absolutely insane. Racism is disgusting. And the fact that he decided to do this on the Holocaust Remembrance Day, together with not even mentioning the word and terms Jew on Holocaust Remembrance Memorial Day, when remembering what happened in the Holocaust, saying that there were a lot of people die, who died in the Holocaust, not just Jews, that sounds a little bit like Holocaust denial to me. So the biggest moji... Of, of, of the decade <clears throat> is Orange Hitler himself, Mr. Mel <clears throat> Melania Trump, Melania Trump's husband, Mr. Melanoma Trump, Donald Trump. <laughs> right, let's move on. I don't want to talk about that at all. <laughs> right, let's move on. There's actually something um, I wanted to talk to you guys uh, before we wrap things up. I'm interested to hear because today, uh, Auxilio went out, uh, was interviewed by ESPN uh, FC, and he said that uh, his biggest regret was, uh, was the fact that um, uh, having, having allowed Coutinho to, to, to go, uh, but that we instead for the same amount of money that we got Coutinho, we were able to sign Kovacic and Icardi, which has prompted some interesting discussions um, on, online, on Twitter, uh, I want to hear what you guys think. Do you guys think it was a mistake to let it go, to let Coutinho go? Uh, given, I mean, if we t if we take into consideration the the situation that Inter were in there and Coutinho's form and that whole season, um, what do what do you guys think, Mohamed? Was it a mistake? So uh, I don't think letting Coutinho go was, was a mistake in and of itself. I think the transfer fee that we accepted was a huge mistake. I think that's that's the that's the problem with that whole. That's why there's, everyone's uh, really pissed off about that transfer in particular. No one's really complaining about Kovacic's uh, departure. I mean, okay, sure, we we missed him for a while, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but we got paid handsomely for for uh, a young prospect. Coutinho, 13 million. That that was that, that was. I mean, I think that's really bad business. But uh, do I think Coutinho should have stayed at Inter? I don't think so, not for his sake and not for Inter's sake. The guy has a lot of talent and a lot of talent that doesn't fit with the way uh, football's played at the Serie A, or at least was played at that time during his critical development stage. So it would have been a disservice to this young talent uh, to have really seen his days out at, at Inter. I don't think he would have been the player that he is today had he stayed. And also, I don't think he's... I think he's really good at Liverpool in the Premiership. I don't know how transferable his qualities are even today in another setting or in another league. But I mean, that's just a hypothetical question. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad to have seen him go, but it's scandalous that he had gone for such a small fee. That's where mm. I stand. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not going to say what I think. Max, do you agree with that? Well, I'm going to respectfully disagree with that because Coutinho is a world beater. He, he's, he's outstanding. So, I mean, we have to admit it was a mistake that we let this uh, talent go. But you have to remember when Coutinho was w with Inter, 
he wasn't even half the player he was uh, today at Liverpool. Like he's, I believe he was uh, beset by a couple injuries as well during his time at uh, Piano Gentile, if I'm not mistaken. Anima? That's absolutely right. Absolutely yeah. right. So um, I actually thought we received more money than I thought we were going to get from him just because of his injuries, just because of his uh, time on the pitch. He, yeah, like it was – it was 50-50 whether Coutinho was going to even work out or not. Like, it wasn't a sure shot. Like, back then, we didn't know he was going to be the player like he is, he is today, obviously. But saying that, I do I do think it was a mistake. Just just how he turned out, I think you have to say it was a mistake. You see, I'm, 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 I'm going to agree with parts of both your articles here, <laughs> with bo- 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 both your points here, here. Because, look, when it comes to Coutinho, exactly like you said, Max, he was constantly injured, and whenever he was not injured and he got a few games, he, he was awful. He was, he was unwatchable. It was, it was, he looked completely... I mean, when, when after the treble season, when Benitez took over and almost killed him by overplaying him, <laughs> overtraining him, he was, he looked, he could, the, the kid looked like he, he could barely walk in some matches. He looked tired and sluggish. And then he was giving chance after chance after chance. We had Schneider, we had Cassano, we had Palacio... And you know these players went went all were all decided you know were all considered to be you know ahead of him, so so I was I remember when that day when we sold him uh, I was also surprised that we got so much because he was it was really touch and go whether or not he was going to be a any good or not. Uh, however, given you know it's very you know it's, you know no one has a crystal ball back then selling him for probably the biggest talent to have ever come out of the Balkans. I mean, Kovacic was doing Champions League, playing Champions League football regularly at the age of 16. He was wanted by every, you know, he was wanted by every club in the, in the world. We got, we, for that money, we got Kovacic and we managed to finance the Icardi deal. I think you have to, be, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. Of course it was the right decision because there was no, it was far from a sure thing that Coutinho was going to be that hit. But at the same time, sure, if you're gonna, you know, I don't. But I don't agree that sure, given the player that he's become, that we made a mistake because I think selling Kovacic for 35, almost 40 million, and buying Icardi for 12, 13, and this is a guy that's worth 100 million now. Uh, you know, he's a he's an assassin, and for I don't think it was a mistake. I think I think the transfer fee, if it, if it was 12, 13 million, then sure. You know, I think it was okay given the circumstances we were in then, uh, and also the chaos that the club was in then, and 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 how you know Moratti wanted to sell the club and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I don't think it was a mistake, and I think and, and I think that the, the the value of a player depends on what his replacement costs, and if and as Azilia said, we got Kovacic and Icardi for the place of Juan Coutinho. I don't see the problem with that. Fair enough. Well, what do you think? What, what do you, 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 I'm trying to get a discussion here, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, tell me what you think. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's hard to argue with your logic there. That uh, that makes absolute sense. On one hand, you have Coutinho, and the other hand, you have Kovacic and Icardi. Um, I mean, yeah. If you put it that way, if you put it in that context, it is absolutely a no-brainer. I'd rather have Icardi than. Kovacic and Coutinho. I think Icardi's just he's only he's only twenty three years old. Yeah. So 
Yeah, when you look at that way, Nima, I agree with you. No, but I, I, like if, if we want to get a conversation or <laughs> discussion going, I'd, I'd yeah. like to t- talk to you, Max, about like how you how highly you rate him. I I I, I don't look. I don't rate the Premier Premier League very much, very highly in general, and certainly not Liverpool there in particular. Uh, I, I just don't see Coutinho as as you know as world class. He's a great player. He's a great addition to a midfield, but you know, I, I, I don't think we're, we're. I don't think he he he'd do much better than Perisic, for example. Like if he'd slot in somewhere around, around there, I think Perisic is is does as good, if not a better job, at at what Coutinho does. Oh, Coutinho on his day is a match winner. Uh, I don't watch that's, Liverpool that's, every, that's, every that's week. That's my problem with Coutinho. And yes, that's, my, right. that's exactly my problem with him. He's inconsistent. Like, he, he can have, like, a string of five games where it's like a, a five-hour YouTube uh, <laughs> highlight reel. And then, like, he's, he's completely anonymous. And then he gets injured for another 10. And it's, I don't know. That's always been my problem with Coutinho. You see, that's exactly where I am as well. That I find the inconsistency and I, and, and I find the, the lack of uh, maturity on the pitch a, a little bit too... He looks like... I feel, it's not just his face that looks like a 14-year-old boy. I feel like he plays <laughs> like a 14-year-old boy as well. And, and, and I felt that he did that during his time at Inter as well. But, but, but at the same time, you know... He's a good player, there's no doubt about that, but we're not talking about a Ballon d'Or winner. I mean, I feel a little bit this kind of, you know, this discussion, a lot of the time online that I've been, on Twitter, I've been noticing people will make it sound as if we sold Messi yeah. for a bag of peanuts yeah. and a banana and decided to replace him with Kuzmanovic, <laughs> which, which just pisses me off because it's not true. You know? Hey, 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 Kuzmanovic. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely it's just not true you know so so you know what we did we we basically we almost got Kuzmanovic for free because he had only six months left with his contract with Stuttgart and yeah. we we got him you know we got him basically for free it was like a couple of hundred thousand euros which didn't exactly bankrupt us and we sold Schneider because he had such high wages. We got a seven, eight million for him, or ten million, and we decided to give seven million of that, together with Livaya away for Scalotto. Now, if you want to argue with me that that was a stupid deal, <laughs> I agree with you any day of the week and uh, twice you're, on you're, Sunday. You're reminding <laughs> me of a lot of bad, bad things. <laughs> I need to. This is still. We're still in Tristi. All this happiness. I'm not. You know. I'm not. I, could, I, <laughs> I need to kick myself on the balls to feel that I'm alive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> These are memories that should be buried and never spoken of again. <laughs> oh, the good old days I, of Taider and Campania. <laughs> sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Uh, we for, um, on the last pod, uh, we were talking about Tommaso Rocky, but none of us could remember his name. <laughs> on that. So the next day, like I went to bed, I'm like, who is this guy? Who is Mohammed talking about? And then it just came to me. It's Tommaso Rocky. I'm like, so I got up and tweeted you in the middle of the night. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, going back to Coutinho, I just want to talk about this a little more, boys. Um, Go for it. So I watched an Arsenal-Liverpool game earlier in the year because all my friends here in Canada are, uh, are Arsenal supporters, so I end up watching a lot of Arsenal. Um, they were playing Liverpool, and, I mean, 
Coutinho was electric. Like he, he was the best player on the pitch for Liverpool. Um, I haven't caught any games in probably the last month for Liverpool. I know they're slumping. I know they're not in a good run of form right now, but I mean, again, it, it, it's hard to say, but I think he's a fantastic player. Like I don't want to say he's not a good player just because Inter sold him and may or may not have made a mistake selling him, but let's give credit where credit's due. He, he's an amazing talent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that. I just, I agree. Yeah, he's. I mean, of course, he's a good player. But I just feel that Inter, in the long run, if you look at it, given the, you know, the circumstance that Inter were in, with the, with, with everything being the way it was, I think, if I mean, I, I don't think Elcilio's lying here. I don't. He's nothing to gain from that. Uh, so. Because he, because I mean, he's admitting that he wants him back and he would love to see him back, and he—that's the only regret he's made in his career. So I don't think he's lying when he said that we got Icardi and Kovacic <clears throat> for the price of for two for the price of one, and then we sold Kovacic at thirty-five, almost forty million euros, which financed Kondogbia. So I mean, yeah. and Kondogbia is the player that you know that seems to you know if it continues under Pioli, he could be, he could very well end up to be worth every single penny uh, of that. So I mean. If you look at it that way, I think that we did a good thing, but because I still don't see Coutinho as that top top. You know what I mean? Like that. that kind you guys of, aren't convinced, eh? Yeah, no. I'm not convinced. Exactly, I'm not convinced. <laughs> okay, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to sugarcoat. <laughs> I'm trying to sugarcoat it so much, and you're like, you're just not convinced. No, I'm not convinced. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what my my problem with him is. He he's not a player that you build a team around. You know. He's yes. not, you know, he's not. A, I don't think he'll ever be a captain. He's he's very timid. He's physically unimposing. He's um, he he's fast. He can do spectacular goals. He he can have a killer pass every now and then, but he's not the one guy like in the midfield that the ball has to go through every time. And he's not. He's certainly not the guy that uh, goes from box to box and saves the, the team's ass in defense and then carries the ball all the way forward for that. Amazing pass. He doesn't. He's not the one that you rely on for the goals, week in, week out. So, I, like, he, he's a luxury player, I think. Like, which is why he gets away with in the Premiership with with inconsistency. You know, doing a couple of spectacular things, a few games, and then you know. But but in the Serie, you need like you need to do more. You need to do more tactically. You need to do more for the team. You need to do more. I don't know, and, and and you definitely need to be a bit a bit stronger. Um, not not to say that the Premiership isn't uh, isn't a, a physical league. It's it's definitely much more violent, at least in the Serie A. But I think <laughs> in order to deal with defenders, you 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 need to be a little more physical, like um, or or far more technical, like like Dybala. But uh, I just I, I I yeah. I mean, it's all hypothetical. But I'm not I'm not arguing with you, Max. I think he is a fantastic player. It's just that I, I like like it. Um, and this is just purely based on, on internet opinion. Like you see these forums and these conversations on Twitter and social media and whatever, like, you know, hailing uh, Coutinho as, uh, you know, uh, the, the missing one the there, second, you know, like the second uh, coming of Kaká or something. Sec- yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, but he's I don't that. see it. Yeah. yeah really he's not that. He's, see it. I, I, well, I definitely opinion, think, yeah, sorry, go ahead. My opinion could be skewed. Like, the game I watched was 4-3 uh, Liverpool over Arsenal where Coutinho scored two goals. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. ah, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But like I said, I don't watch Liverpool every week. But you know what? As a social experiment, I'm going to start watching Liverpool. I'm going to start <laughs> nice, watching nice. every game, and I'm going to report back on Coutinho to you too, okay? Great, great. Let's, let's have a proper Coutinho <laughs> debate towards the That's end of right. the season. Let's All have right. it. Let's have it. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Right. On, on that note, on that note. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, I'd like to thank Marco Messina and uh, give a shout out to Italian Football TV. Uh, our partnership continues uh, with them. Uh, thanks for coming on, Marco. Hope you're miserable on Sunday night and you can <laughs> crash and burn. <laughs> but Amen. other than that, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other than that, I wish you nothing but love, brother. Uh, and I also like to thank uh, Mohammed. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. And also Max. Always a pleasure, guys. And until next week, sempre e solo, forza Inter Juve Merda. <laughs> <laughs>